now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. This is Morgan Harper Nichols. Yeah, it is. This is a song. It's called Grateful. <clears throat> and do me a favor, okay? Share this out, okay? You're going to love this show. I guarantee you. Guarantee you, you're going to love this show. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting it right now. So caught up.
Don't you like that country music twang at the end there? Morgan Harper Nichols, I love her stuff. She's got such good stuff. She, to my knowledge, she's got like, I think only one full CD. I don't know. She might have more than that. I don't know. But what I can tell you is I love it. You can go to YouTube, look up Morgan Harper Nichols, and just listen to her stuff. It's really good. That song Storyteller is one of her most popular songs. And then, of course, that song Grateful that I just played is really cool. And then she's got some other really good soulful stuff. She She's really well known for her compelling um, uh, poetry and getting people to tell their stories. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we are going to play an interview that I did earlier this week with Dr. Larry Allison. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about his book here. And then before we get into the book, I am going to share a couple other things. But Dr. Larry Allison is founder and senior pastor of Walk on the Water Faith Church uh, and founder of Larry Allison Ministries with over 50 years in the ministry. Dr. Allison ministers the word of faith through radio, television, internet, and daily email devotionals as the author of nine books including the paradise of god and unlocking the mysteries of the holy spirit he is in frequent demand for radio tv interviews book signings and magazine publications and he is also a popular speaker nationally and internationally this is his most recent book it was published in 2017 called finding hope when things look hopeless and I have to tell you, actually, I've skimmed through a lot of the book. I haven't, I just literally just got it, so I haven't had time to read it. But the time that I spent with Larry this past week um, is definitely going to bless you. And what I'm going to tell you is that it may be controversial. Yeah, it might be, just so you know. Um, and the reason I say that is because it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is controversial. You know, the topic of faith, the topic of healing, the topic of prosperity, the gospel itself is always controversial because some people have um, taught it incorrectly. Other people, you know, have given, well, basically some people have taught it incorrectly. Some people don't even talk about it at all and all that. And hello, Forrest and Sean. And who else is coming in? James and Don and and somebody else in there. I don't know how to say your name, but whatever. Anyway, and if you happen to be watching the archive, thank you for watching it. You can still share it out wherever you're at. If you're on Facebook, hello. If you're on YouTube, hello, people. If you're on Twitch, super cool that you're there on Twitch. If you're on, what, what's the other stuff we're on? Mixer. Mixer. We haven't forgotten about you. What's the other one? Did I say everything? I think I forgot something. Um, Twitch, Mixer, Periscope, Periscope, YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, Facebook. No, I got it all. <laughs> okay, and if you're listening to the archive of the show on our podcast, then thank you for tuning into that. I know actually there's quite a few of you that, that do that. And if you are one of our podcast subscribers and you listen to our show, do me a favor and email me. Let me know. Just say, hey, I've been listening to your audio. Just so you know, I'm out here listening to you. Thank you for doing the show. I really appreciate it, you know, because uh, it helps me to know that you're out there. And I know people do because I see the numbers. Uh, so go ahead and go to BibleNewsRadio.com and send me an email and say, hey, thank 
you know, I listen to your show. I'm not asking you to give me money or anything. I'm just asking you to let me know you're listening. Okay. Here's the other thing. If you want to be on my text message list, you can text Bible News to the number 33222 on your phone. Super easy to do. Just put in 33222 and then in the little part where you send the message, put in the Bible News as one word and text it. And then you will get on my text message list where I sometimes send out scriptures of the day. Sometimes I send out a Bible, a Bible trivia question, which I did today. And literally only two people answered that question. I was really surprised because it was an easy one. And I actually even gave you guys the book if the answer was in, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. You can also join my email list if you go to BibleNewsRadio.com. You can get on that. I send out emails sporadically. I'm not really committed to email, just so you know. <laughs> but you can still get on the list if you'd like. Yeah, because occasionally, occasionally I do send out email. Um, the reason I started doing the text message list was because email tends to end up in spam. And if you're like me, I get like hundreds of emails every week and I just mass delete and never open them. So, yeah, that's why I do that. Okay, so let me tell you one other thing, too. Tomorrow night, Bareface is going to do Sunday in the Scriptures, and I don't know what he's going to talk about, but it'll be something in the Bible. Yeah, it will. <laughs> do you want to get on the screen and say hi? In a moment. Okay, so while Bareface is, is doing his magical wonders... Uh, behind the scenes here. I got to share I got to share something with you before we get into the the scripture I'm going to read first. By the way, you can open up your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Last night I have to say that at the very end of the show I called John MacArthur a butthead. Yeah, I did. And he is. Just so you know, I do not retract my statement or my commentary and I thought that I should clarify why I did that. And the reason I did is because John MacArthur people come in and they, they start, like, they come in the Bible News Radio, and they're like, hey, go to gty.org, you know, and I'm like, it would be one thing if I had John MacArthur on the show talking about him and promoting his show. That'd be one thing. But I think the knucklehead that came in didn't think I actually knew what it was. And, uh, yeah, anyway, just like I was, wa <laughs> I was watching a guy on TikTok today, a young man, so bless his little heart, and he was talking about what, quote, postmodernism was. And he was going on and on and on about postmodernism and how, how Christians need to be able to, you know, stand against it and all that. And I left the, the young man a comment. I said, you know, you're not actually talking about postmodernism. You're actually talking about relativism. You might want to learn your terms. Uh, and there was another person in there who had said the same thing. So it wasn't just me. You know, but, but anyway, I say that because there are a lot of goofballs out there, right? And me and Randall were talking about John MacArthur after the show. And it's not so much that I disagree with his teaching. I think his teaching is fine. Um, I'm sure there's things I don't agree with him on. But what I will say is that what he did to Beth Moore was absolutely rude. It's, and he's a butthead for it. Yeah, he is. And I do not take back my comment about calling him a butthead because he, <laughs> he is. And that's my nice way of saying yeah. he's a jerk, right? I mean, I actually really don't even mean the term butthead in the in the in the other, in the actual definition of what you might think with the a word. I'm not even saying that. 
when I say the when I say butthead, I just mean look, you're being an idiot. You're a butthead. <laughs> it's like like the, that. So, um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's what I think anyway. Not a word I would use, but I I agree that. And we were talking about last night. You and me are different. Yes, one of us would be unnecessary if we I were the same. I am not tactful like you are. And you know what? God did not make me that way. And so I am not going to try to fit into your stupid box of being perfect. I'm and perfect. My box is, this is, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to, mm. It's hard to get my hands inside to push but against this box. But let me ask you box, something. But, In all yeah. honesty, do you think I should stop using the word butthead? Put a two if you think I should stop using it. Because if you do, if you think it's like not appealing... Or whatever, then you something know. a little less. And I, I would say vulgar, and I don't mean vulgar. It's not vulgar, though. I don't mean it's it in a vulgar way. in the sense of the original sense of the word, well, like the Latin vulgate, like common Beavis language. Beavis and butthead. You know, this common Beavis language. Beavis and butthead made it popular. Yeah. So only one person thinks I should stop, stop, anyway. stop headbutting each other. Uh. <laughs> But, uh, ah, I'll think about it. Yeah, even even when I vehemently disagree with someone's theology, even you don't call them a butthead. Well, even but I don't tell them <laughs> to go home. I wouldn't if somebody asked me, "Well, what do you think of?" And like we were talking, I don't know Jesse Duplantis or something. Like that. I know I just offended thousands of people, but they don't watch our show. Anyway, I right. I think <laughs> I think he's a flat out heretic. Uh, yeah. Um, the things he teaches. See, now that's that's going a little too far. Calling I, somebody a heretic. I've, well, the things that he teaches mm-hmm. are out, like route. Many of the things What's that he worse, teaches being are called out, a heretic or a butthead. Just saying. Anyway, but if someone said, "What comes to your mind?" If you had one thing to say to him, I wouldn't say "Go home." That was just that was just rude. To, you know, tells like you know, get out of get out of public view and it also has a sense of misogyny to it like your place belongs in the home woman like go I, it just it was very demeaning yeah, and rude i thought yeah just saying all right <laughs> okay <clears throat> so with that said people thank you for coming in to the show and i know forrest would say heidi ho yeah he would but then, of course, some liberals might might say, well, you know, the hoe at the end, you know, you're just like totally talking about somebody's Heidi. <laughs> anyway, all right, let me read Deuteronomy chapter 28, the first couple of verses, okay? In preparation for the interview, I'm going to air for you here, because I think you're going to like this. I actually haven't listened to it over, so hopefully it turns out okay. So this is... Um, Deuteronomy 28, and it's absolutely, it's, it's, um, we, we hear, we hear about it, but we don't really read it. So let me read part of it. And beginning in verse one, it says, now it shall be, if you will diligently obey the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you will obey the Lord, your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. 
blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall um, they shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you you put your hand to and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. And if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give you rain to your land in his season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail and only shall be above and shall not be underneath. If you will listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today, to the right or to the left, or uh, to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come about... If you will not obey the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes in which I charge you today, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall your shall, shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Cursed you cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out the lord will send upon you curses and confusion and rebuke in all you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me the lord will make the pestilence cling to you and until he has consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it the Lord will smite you with consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword and with blight and with mildew and they shall pursue you until you perish and the heaven which is over your head shall be bronze and the earth which is under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust from heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them, but you shall flee seven ways before them. And you shall be an example of terror to, to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your carcasses shall be food to all, uh, to all birds of the sky and to the beasts of the earth. And there shall be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and with the scab and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will smite you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart. And you shall grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness. And you shall not prosper in your ways, but you shall only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. 
and you shall betroth a wife, but another man shall violate her. You shall build a house, but you shall not live in it, and you shall plant a vineyard, but as you shall not use its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, and you shall not eat of it, and your donkey shall be torn away from you, and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have none to save you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to other people, while your eyes shall look on and yearn for them continually, but there shall be nothing you can do. A people whom you do not know shall eat up the produce of your ground and all your labors, and you shall never be anything but oppressed and crushed continually, and you shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. The Lord will strike you on the knees and legs with sore boils from which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you shall have set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. And you shall become a horror, a proverb, a taunt among all the people where the Lord will drive you. And you shall bring out much seed to the field. But you shall, hold on a second, people, I'm turning the page, gather in little, for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worm shall, shall, shall devour them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territories, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. You shall have sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. The crickets shall possess all your trees and the produce of your land, or ground rather. The alien who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, but you shall go down lower and lower. And he shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. So all these curses shall come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And I could go on, but for the sake of time, <laughs> I shall commend to you to go back to read Deuteronomy uh, 28. And of course, this is Moses writing specifically to the nation of Israel here. Um, but I do think that, that this is applicable to us as well, because if we obey the Lord, right, uh, and his commandments, we have the blessings here. And what I want to point out is the blessings are health and prosperity, right? Health, prosperity, and wealth. But if we are not obeying God's word, then all of this other stuff comes upon us. Sickness. And, I, you know, I, I actually underlined here in verse 22. I thought this was interesting. It says here, the Lord will smite you with, with consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword. And they will blight you with mildew and you shall pursue and they shall pursue you until you perish. I'm thinking, you know, isn't it interesting? And I know, hey, Pastor Tommy, I, I know Tommy would totally understand this. Isn't it interesting that the diseases of our day are all, is exactly what's listed in here. Inflammation, blindness, etc. that all that stuff I just read, which is why when I was talking to Larry, Dr. Larry Allison earlier this week, and he started talking about the word of faith, um, we had this discussion about, um, about how word of faith teachers, many of them have corrupted the word of faith. And there is controversy over the word of faith because of the word of faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and so much more. But anyway, so this is about a 40-minute interview with him, and, um, you know, he he is, like I said, he's the pastor of Walk on the, it's called Walk on the Water Faith Church and founder of Larry Allison Ministries. He's actually located in um, Oklahoma, and he as the he is the owner, I believe, of some Christian radio stations, which you'll hear him talk about. I so, it was in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. That's what I meant. So anyway, uh, so enjoy the interview. I'll be here after the interview to talk about a little bit more. But feel free to comment in the chat as you hear it, because I'd love to hear your direct feedback as we're watching it. So there you go, people. And now I'm back. <laughs> Wasn't that a great interview, people? You just missed all that. No, <laughs> uh, that was supposed to be funny. Anyway, Randall said that um, that it's just he, the computer's giving him a little bit of a problem. Don't worry, though, people. You got to see a still of me smiling really big. Yeah, you did. And um, and we will. <laughs> Let's give it another shot. And see if it give it another shot. Okay. We probably have an echo now, but anyway. Okay. Stand by, people. The, the audio is coming. There we go.
Um, yeah, let's let's go with that. Okay, ready? Thanks. Tell me when. Anytime. Wait, hold on, for the video. All right, welcome back, Larry, to the show. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, thank you for coming back. It's always an honor to be on your program, Stacy. <laughs> I appreciate that. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that a lot. Hey, you know, I see you on other programs, and so the fact that you come on mine <laughs> is, is, is delightful. I really appreciate it a lot. Uh, so, yeah. So what do you? It's just an honor to be here. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it? Okay, so I want to tell you. You know, we already introduced you and stuff, but you know, for maybe somebody who doesn't really know anything about your background or your ministry, how about we talk about that first? You know, like your church and what you do. You do a lot of writing and stuff. Well, uh, it's a little eclectic. There's a lot of different aspects to it. I started out, uh, I got saved at the age of seven. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, nope. I went to a vacation Bible school at a Baptist church and and the minister took all of us seven-year-olds downstairs and he preached to us for about 15, 20 minutes about hell. In fact, uh, he preached as though he had just gotten back. Hmm. That night, I could not get to sleep and I went into my mother's bedroom and I said, Mom, you told me that the Easter bunny was was real. And then one day you told me that he wasn't. And, and you told me the tooth fairy was real. And then one day you told me that he wasn't. What about the devil? And I really wanted her to tell me that he wasn't real. She said, no, son, he's real, but you don't have to worry about it if you give your heart to Jesus. So that night at seven years old, I knelt down beside my mother's bed and I asked Jesus to received me and and I received him and and it's just been a whirlwind ever since you know I I grew up in the Baptist church I don't know if you knew that or not but uh, well my background was pretty Baptist I (laughs) I got saved in a Baptist church and baptized in a Baptist church and uh, I did a lot of special music I was a special music at the Southern Baptist Convention and uh, Went to a Baptist college, married a Baptist girl, studying to be a Baptist missionary, and I was there studying to be a Baptist preacher. We got married in a Baptist church, had two Baptist children, and trust me, by the time I got married, I was so messed up, I didn't know what was going on. I became the pastor of a Baptist church, and uh, that's where it all began. Since then, uh, We started Walk on the Water Faith Church about 25 years ago. About 30 years ago, a friend of mine and myself, we started a network called uh, Spirit FM. And we have uh, a little over 20 radio stations right now. And uh, do a little bit of traveling, Australia, New Zealand. My wife is uh, very active in Israel. She is, uh, in fact, she's gonna be going to Israel this spring two times without me. I've been to Israel so many times, I don't even know how many times I've been to Israel. But she teaches Hebrew, and um, we just love the Lord, and whatever's available, we do it. That is so cool. We just stay busy. Yeah, you know, hey, that is so cool, especially the fact that you're Pentecostal. (laughs) Well, that's true, too. I know, but I couldn't resist. That was a bad joke. I should have said Lutheran. (laughs) What? You're Lutheran? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so we, uh, we're actively involved. I, I'm the president uh, right now of International Convention of Faith Ministries. We have about uh, 700 pastors around the world. And we really enjoy Prophecy Watchers. In fact, that's where you and I met, was at the Prophecy Watchers Convention, I believe, in 2018. And uh, you and your husband, you're, you're amazing people. When I saw what you guys were doing, it just really blessed my heart. Well, thank you. Yeah, we have a way of doing that, blessing people's hearts. <laughs> Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Well, now I'm, I'm not kidding, but, you know, I, you know, that's so nice of you to say, you know, it really is. You know, it's funny because I, I didn't get saved until I was in high school. And so it's, it's, you know, my parents were divorced. They got thrown out of the Catholic church and, uh, you know, I went through a, a lot of severe abuse. I turned in my perpetrator and my mom made me recant it to the police and she sided with the perpetrator. But it was through that experience that um, I came to faith in Christ because somebody in my choir class in high school, in choir, shared with me the gospel and told me that Jesus could be my best friend. And he became my best friend when I was about 13 years old. And I got radically saved and you haven't been able to shut me up ever. <laughs> well, once you experience the freedom that comes with the good news of Jesus, you just want to share it with everyone. I remember uh, I was involved in full gospel businessmen for quite some years. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but uh, traveling around the country, I spoke at hundreds of different chapters, and they always billed me as the Southern Baptist pastor that got filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I had people uh, coming in busloads to see this guy. It was almost like a, a sideshow in some respects because they couldn't believe that a good, stable Baptist pastor would ever be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, those were exciting years, but it, it just seems like uh, no matter what we do, everything is connected with the word. You know, people ask me what I do for entertainment. I, I just enjoy the word when I'm at home at night. Uh, if my wife is not home, if she's traveling or something, I don't sit down and watch secular TV. I, I find my favorite minister and I get it up on YouTube and, and I let it play through the house. And uh, there's just nothing like the word of God because it sets us free. It is. Amen. Hey, by the way, I want to thank you for that, that scripture CD you sent me. That was awesome. Like that, okay, huh? Yeah. And it's also on YouTube. I found that out too. Yes. Yeah, so we, cool. we do a lot with YouTube and Vimeo, and we do a lot of video. I have a, a tremendous video department here at uh, our ministry headquarters and audio department. And, and without them, I, I don't know what I can do. You know, we need people to help us. You know, I saw before we went on the air, I saw your husband helping you with some of the audio equipment and everything. And, you know, those of us who teach the word, we, we need support staff. We need people to help us, but God always seems to provide, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in weird ways, even using coupons. <laughs> yes. So, so I wanted to um, point out something. Okay, everybody, oh. Dr. Larry Alston here, he writes a lot of books. And this book here, I believe this is your latest book, right? Is this one of your yes. latest books? Okay, so Finding Hope. 
when when things look hopeless this is the latest book and um so i wanted to bring this out because a lot of people a lot of you guys out there in our audience you know sometimes you feel hopeless don't you mm -hmm. yeah you do just admit it i can peer into your deep dark you know phone screen and look at you but the truth is is you do and you've had those moments that's why alcoholism is rampant in the church that's why pornography addiction is rampant in the church it's not because those th those are your favorite things it's because you're looking for something and you're not looking in the right place so you wrote this book and i would like to know what was the backstory to you writing the book well there's times when a person feels hopeless and i i know of times when when I have prayed and I've wanted to pray and ask God to open the door and let me out of this room that I'm trapped in. And sometimes it's the room is finances. Sometimes it's our health conditions. Sometimes it's a broken heart. Uh, so many people have been betrayed by friends, but I remember there was a time in my life when, when I didn't know how to pray because I wanted God to let me out of this trap that I was in, but I couldn't even see a way out. I didn't know how to pray. And I started having internal bleeding uh, and the betrayal of a friend added to all the stress. Uh, I just felt hopeless. And then one day I realized, my lightning fast brain finally realized that Jesus paid the price for everything. Not only when, when he came to deliver me from the curse of the law, it wasn't just so that when I die, I can live in heaven. It's for now, in the here and now. And the curse of the law, I'm not trying to preach at you here, but I just want to tell you this. The curse of the law, as described in Deuteronomy chapter 28, had three parts. It was death, sickness, and disease, and poverty. And when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, he paid the price completely for my deliverance. And the biggest problem is not getting God to do something. You know, a lot of people and, and myself, when my back was against the wall, I was trying to pray and get God to do something. And then I discovered he's already done it. He's already paid the price in full. You know, the, the Bible says he's paid the price in full. For what? For everything. You know, it's, it's kind of like when we get saved. And, and I say this respectfully, mm -hmm. but when somebody decides to get saved and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Jesus, once again, respectfully, Jesus does not have to climb back up onto the cross and die again because he's already paid the price. The price has been paid. The problem is not him doing something. It's us receiving what he has already done. And the same thing happens with our healing. You know, people are sick and diseased in their body. And, and I have people come to me on a regular basis saying, uh, I've been praying and I've been fasting and I, I've been tithing and I've been doing all of this stuff in order to get God to heal me. I've been praying that God would heal me. When in reality, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24 that Jesus has already paid the price for our healing by his stripes we were healed. And if we were healed, we are healed. So our healing falls into the same category as our salvation. 
If he's already done everything for us to be saved, he doesn't have to climb back up onto the cross and die again. Likewise, he's already done everything for us to be healed. He doesn't have to take stripes on his body again. It is finished. The price is paid in full. So the problem is not trying to get God to decide to heal us because we've done something good or we've prayed for three hours every morning for a week. No, it's, it's not getting God to do something. It's receiving what he's already done. And once I got that into my lightning fast brain, mm -hmm. that he's already paid the price, then I had to convince myself he'd paid the price for me. And when I realized that, I realized things are not hopeless. God, God is not up there deciding whether he's going to heal me or not. No, he's already made that decision. And he sent Jesus to complete it. You know, and when Jesus got back to heaven, I, I just somehow I see things uh, sometimes science fictiony, and sometimes I see them in, in, in comic strip form. But somehow I just saw Jesus sitting down at the right hand of the father. And the father saying, well, how did you do? And he says, well, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do, except I forgot to take the stripes for people's healing. Hmm. Or I know I was sent to destroy the works of the devil, but I didn't quite get to that. Point. No, he did everything, everything that needed to be done for our salvation, everything that needed to be done for our healing, everything that needed to be done. Now, this, this makes some people mad, but everything that needed to be done for our prosperity. These three parts of the curse of the law, death, sickness and disease, and poverty. He has already taken them on and paid the price. And Galatians 3.13, we have been redeemed. Not we're going to be redeemed. We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And if we can get that into us somehow, mm -hmm. if we can get over a lot of our uh, belief in sacred cows, if we can get over our Sometimes our denominational doctrinal belief that things that have just been pounded into us all of our life in church, sometimes, mostly in church. Right. If we can get past that and just receive what the word of God actually says, then we can have hope. Now, there are people out there, Stacy, that say that hope is not a good thing. You need to be in faith. Now, the name of my church is Walk on the Water Faith Church, and I believe in faith. Because the word of God says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you can't please him without faith. And we know that the woman that was healed in several other places, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Mm -hmm. And we know we're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is important, but sometimes people preach. And some of my friends do this, and I love my friends, okay? But some of them preach that if you have hope, you're not in faith. And that hope is something that you need to get out of hope. You need to get in faith because hope believes that God's going to do something. And faith believes he's already done it. But I need to remind you of this. The first Corinthians 13, 13 says, now abide these three, faith, hope, and love. The greatest, of course, is love. But hope made it to the top three. It's a big deal with God. And then when we define faith in Hebrews 11, 1, it says faith is the substance 
of things hoped for. Yep. And if you don't have any hope, you're never going to have any faith. You have to have hope and belief that God will do what he said he's going to do, that his word is true. And if you can believe that, then you can believe he's already done. So uh, hope has been given a, a, a bad term in some churches. Yep. And uh, I think we need to, you know, I've heard people say, well, you're not confessing faith. You're just confessing hope. Well, Paul said this, do not give up your confession of hope. You've got to believe that God's going to come through with his word. What he said he will do, he will do. What he has promised, his promises are yes and amen. And so, so much of the time, it, we're trying to get God to do something. But if we could just grasp the concept that he's already done it. And the problem is not him doing something else. It's us receiving the blessing that he's already given us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, so you've said a lot. And I'm having, you know, I'm at that age where I have menopause. So, you know, I might forget stuff. But you're older, so you might forget stuff, too, because you're at that age. <laughs> with, with, no, no, my mind is crisp, and it's going to stay crisp until okay. the day I okay. depart. <laughs> okay, good. So, all right, so you mentioned Deuteronomy 28. i got to tell you this story. This is so cool. Okay, so... On Periscope, where we we do we put the show um, there, I have a friend. Her name's uh, Pastor Tommy Norman, and she is she is an amazing woman of faith. Uh, I met her because she was talking about how her son was healed of the. I mean, it was a miraculous healing. He he quote shouldn't have been healed, but he totally was. And she was the one who introduced me to. I want to say it's the prosperity word of, word of faith movement where there's a lot of heretics in that. And that, frankly, is what gives this message a bad name, I think, because, because of all the corruption, right? The greed and all that stuff in there that we all see these stories. But she's the one that got me to, to really start seriously looking at the issue of faith. And I remember, she, I forgot the name of the book that she always recommends, but... When I went and I read Deuteronomy 28, and I saw exactly what you're talking about in Deuteronomy 28, where it talks about, you know, all, you know, life and death and all, you know, all the stuff you just said, I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing, but it's not taught biblically. So I think a lot of people get irritated because when you, when you use like for me, I'm just being honest, when I hear the word faith, it's never a positive connotation because of all the negative stuff I've seen attached to it. And when you look at the issue of healing, like what you said is absolutely right, right? I mean, why not take God's word literally? Duh, hello. You know, take it literally like what it says. But people have a hard time with it because, number one, pastors don't teach it. You know, I've been a Christian almost 40 years past. I've never heard this message that you've given just right now from any pulpit I've ever been in. And I've been in a Baptist church. I've been in evangelical, non-denominational, Vineyard, Calvary Chapel. Uh, and I haven't heard what you just said, actually. I've heard it other places, but not actually in a church. And I think, unfortunately, what happens is Christians don't even bother reading the Bible most of the time 
because they're too busy reading the latest and greatest false teaching book that's out there that's made it to the top of the charts. Uh, and of course, people get mad if I say it's false teaching, but but it is because it's fluff and tickles ears. But what you're saying doesn't. It actually brings conviction, right? Because if you don't know God's word, how are you going to know God's word if, unless you're in God's word? Does that make any well, sense? Well, even, you know, Stacy, even the people who preach against what we believe, uh, they really, there, there are people out there that teach against healing. Mm -hmm. they, they teach that God made you sick to teach you something right. or that God brings diseases onto you. Right. You know, uh, James one seventeen says every good and every perfect gift comes down from the father. And uh, I, I live in the middle of Hillbillyville and the Ozarks. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know, most of the people that live around here, when they watch the Beverly Hillbillies, they think it's a reality show. Uh, so I, I'm just telling you it, but here we would say it this way. If, if it ain't good, it ain't God. Okay. Hmm. So every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Years ago, there was a famous minister in the United States that got a lot of ridicule because he preached a sermon that said, God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. And the people who got the most upset with him were ministers. And that's because a lot of preachers preach that God's just walking around with a clipboard waiting for you to mess up so that he can zap you with something. Hmm. But our God loves us. Right. There is no place where Jesus went around from village to village in the Bible and, and he made people sick. No, everywhere he went, he preached the kingdom of God and healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil, except one place. There's one place. He went to Nazareth. And when he was at Nazareth, it said he could not do many mighty works there except heal just a few people of some. And in the Greek, uh, it says... He healed them of minor things, hmm. but he couldn't do any major work there. <clears throat> but then it goes on and tells why it says yep. because of their unbelief. Right. So it wasn't the, the problem wasn't on Jesus's side. It was on the receiving side. You know, not too long ago, I went down to the post office and I was waiting in line to mail a letter and pick up some mail. And this guy behind me, he said, uh, let me ask you something. Are, are, are you Larry Allison? And I said, yes, sir. He said, are you the pastor of that walking on the water place up the road? And I said, yes, walk on the water faith church. I'm the pastor founder. Yes. He said, I hear you're one of those health and wealth preachers. My response was, well, yes, I am. Uh, but if you would prefer you know, to go to a sickness and poverty church, you know, and, and they don't realize what they're saying. He said, well, I wouldn't want to go to a church like that that taught sickness and poverty. Right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, when people call us faith healers. Uh, I was, my mother is, uh, she broke her neck a couple of weeks ago in an automobile accident. Mm -hmm. And so she's in a recovery facility right now. And I went over to visit her. And one of the head dietitians at this facility came into my mom's room and she said, I know you're a man of faith. It's against the rules. But if I brought a woman in here who has cancer, who works for us, would you lay hands on her and pray for her? Well, she did. And I did. And I, I taught her the word and, and, and prayed for her and, and believed for her healing. 
But some people would call that, uh, oh, you're one of those faith healers. Well, there's no other kind. Right. You know, the, the greatest faith healer of all time was Jesus. So, you know, I, I've met people that claim to be an atheist, but you put me on an airplane with an atheist sitting next to me and we look out the window and we watch the engine fall off the airplane. I guarantee you, he will not be an atheist by the time we hit the ground. Right. Most atheists are wanting to believe that we are right. Mm-hmm. They, they want us to be right. It's just like you mentioned earlier, they've lost faith in the organized religious system. And organized religion makes me gag. Uh, yes, we have church Amen. services on Sunday morning <laughs> and we have midweek services and I have classes all week long. We've got, we have a dozen or so Bible classes at all week. We actually have an accredited university that meets in our facility. That's cool. But, but uh, we don't want to be so religious acting that we turn people off. You know, people are wanting answers. They're not coming to church. They shouldn't be coming to church just for social reasons. Most people are coming because they need healed. Mm-hmm. And if it's not their physical body, they need their heart healed. You know, uh, they're broken. If you look around our country, there's mass shootings and, and all kinds of things going on, suicides. Mm-hmm. And people people have broken hearts. They uh, They don't know where to turn. They can't trust the government. They feel that doctors and preachers are just, both of them are just out for their money. Uh, they've been betrayed by friends and they feel all, all alone. They feel hopeless. And that's kind of the backstory on that book. Uh, that book is to give people hope. That's so cool. I love that. I love everything that you just said because it's so true. Okay, so um, I know that you talk about false sources of hope in your book. Can you tell us what some of those are based on? Because, you know, okay, because a lot of the stuff that I hear, because I've sat behind this microphone, not this particular one, but, you know, I've done this for 15 years. I've heard a lot of people say stuff. Um, And a lot of the online audience that we have, they don't go to church because they have been hurt in the church. So how do you reach people who you know, they're devout believers, but they don't want to go back to church because because of the hurt. And, you know, and let's just be honest, some of them probably put their hope in the preacher as opposed to Christ, which I think is a big problem. It's one of the biggest pet peeves I have. I know you, you're irritated with organized religion. I am annoyed by Christian celebrity. That irritates the crap out of me because it's like, you know what? so-and-so if if you knew the stuff that i've been told or seen how people are treated behind the scenes by that person you wouldn't want them up here just saying you know but yeah so we've created a a culture of christian rock stars um people being celebrities now now to be quite honest fame is not a bad thing you know jesus had fame and the, the bible even says that his fame spread throughout the region of judea And because of his fame, people would come to hear him. However, fame should not be our goal. Um, (laughs) You know, there are people that that judge by the size of their mailing list. They judge by the size of their congregation. You know, I I have a a friend who has a church of several thousand. And I have another friend who has a church of 25 people. 
the anointing upon them is the same. Actually, the guy with a smaller church actually is more spiritual. And I would probably call him before I would call the guy with the bigger church. And somebody may say, well, why does the guy that has a big church have a big church? Well, he lives in a city of 4 million people. And the guy with a small church lives in a city of 400 people. So you're not going to have a mega church. If you're the towns around where I live here, some of the names are Climax Springs. That's where I was born. Tightwad. They actually have a bank in Tightwad, Missouri. <laughs> Rumley, we have a town called Peculiar. And that's because they couldn't come up with a name. So the state gave it a name, said it's peculiar. You can't come up with a name. They named it peculiar. But there's a lot of little towns with little churches. But there's great anointing in some of these churches. But but people are drawn to the superstars. Uh, I watched a video the other day of a minister, and he had a smoke machine. And when he came out onto the stage, the smoke rolled out like it was a Kiss concert or a Led Zeppelin concert. And then they had the flashing lights, you know, the laser lights. You know, the Bible tells us that when the uh, Shekinah glory fell in the temple, that it rolled out and it looked like a smoke and it filled the temple. And the priests, there, there was such a presence of the glory of God that the priests couldn't even stand up to minister. They, they fell. And then there's times when the light, the glory of God was so bright when Paul was on the road to Damascus, or actually Saul was on the road to Damascus, the light was so bright that it blinded him. You know, some of our ch churches are set up uh, where they have more entertainment and more, more of a concert than they actually have church. And, you know, it, it's kind of sad if the glory of God did show up, I don't know if the, they would know the difference between it and the smoke machine. But see, the people of the world are hurting. If they're out in the bars on Saturday night and, and they've got the smoke machine and they got the band playing at the bar and they got the flashing lights and they come to church the next day, they're coming to get away from that. They're, they're coming to hear the word of God. They're coming to get set free, not to have another concert. You know, yeah, you know our, our, worship team, our worship team here at our church is amazing. But I'll tell you what, I've been to churches where the, the worship, the praise and worship was nothing more than a concert. I've even seen them throw out T-shirts and, and, and do crazy things. And they say, we've just worshiped God. No, we didn't just worship God. We just had a concert. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I grew up in Southern California. Um and I was part of that church culture for quite a while. I actually got saved in California. Yes, people do. That happens. Uh, <laughs> Harvest Crusade happens, you know, so people yes. get saved. But um, when I moved here to Tennessee, you know, the buckle of the Bible belt, I was <laughs> expecting, um, I was just expecting it to be like the holy, the holy ground, you know. I, mm -hmm. I expected to hear bless your heart a lot, which I heard. Um, but you know, the thing that surprises me about the culture here is that Christians drink a lot of alcohol in Tennessee and I look, I'm okay. You know, the Bible doesn't say you can't drink alcohol, it just says not to drink to dis dissipation until you're drunk. Right. 
But if you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, that's all, that's better, I think. Um, but it's interesting because I have Christian friends that tease me because I don't drink because it's such a part of the culture here. And yet there's this unwritten rule, and I found this out at Pickleball because, you know, I, I just wrote a book called Pickleball Faith that I am going to publish next month. And it's basically all about how God created the community, the pickleball community that I'm in, and all these different stories of, of things that he's taught me through the community. And one of the things that I've learned is that Christians go out and they drink together as long as they're not members of the same church. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> I just think it's the weirdest thing. Cause it's like, okay, like, why don't you all drink at the same church? I mean, why do you, can you explain this to me, Larry? Cause I, I'm like, well, it's, does that it's, happen it's, in Missouri? It's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. <sighs> when Christians use the Bible as an excuse to drink. They'll pull out some scripture and they'll say, well, Paul said, Timothy, a little wine is good for your stomach, you know, and, and they'll use that. And, and so that'll give them the excuse to put wine in their stomach. But you know, the Bible also says, if you do anything that causes your brother to stumble, mm -hmm. that's, that's not right. Anything that causes them to become offended, that word offended and stumble are the same word in the Greek. Anything that offends your brother, whether it's food or drink or whatever, if it offends somebody, don't do it. And there's a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians. Now, personally, I don't drink. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't even drink coffee. I used to a lot. Starbucks gave me a gold card at one time, but I, I don't even drink coffee anymore. Uh, I'm not on any prescriptions. Here, here's the whole thing. Drinking, when a Christian drinks, it confuses non-believers and it even offends some believers. And it just seems to me like uh, the, the number one witnessing tool that we have is our character. Mm -hmm. You know, a lady told me one time, and I knew her lifestyle. She said, I can't get my neighbor to go to church. And I said, do you tell your neighbor that you go to church? And she says, yes. And I said, that's why. <laughs> because when, when they see hypocrites, when they see people who claim to be Christians and they're not living according to the word. Now we all make mistakes from time to time. I'm not talking about the, the occasional mistakes that we make, but when you live a lifestyle that is against the word of God and you try to use the word of God as an excuse for it, it drives people away instead of drawing people in. You know, uh, a person asked me one time, can you be a Christian and still be a homosexual? Can you be a Christian and still be, and be gay? Uh, can you be a Christian and smoke? Can you be a Christian and drink? Well, yes, but you're not a good Christian and you're not witnessing and you're really probably not drawing anybody into the kingdom. Uh, yes, but you need to repent of it. Uh, simple things. You know, I, I just kind of hate to mention some of these things, but smoking and, and not eating right. Uh, for Christians to, to brag about uh, their weight, uh, for Christians to, to brag about uh, all the ice cream that they eat, for Christians, you know, uh, the Bible says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, I don't eat perfectly, but to be quite honest, it, it's a better witness mm-hmm. to be someone who is at least attempting to eat right, to live right, um, well, the- to follow the commands. Now, hey, that's not what saves us. No. We're not saved by our works. No, but so you- don't take me wrong on that. No, you know what? I have a friend. Her name is Lisa, and she is a chiropractor, and she is a nutritionist. And she recently, well, she was raised in the Catholic Church, very Catholic, very devoted. And then recently she became a Christian, um, started going to a, you know, I think a Calvary Chapel. And Mm -hmm. one of her biggest rants is the witness of Christians not eating right. And, and in fact, you know, she says it's, it's one of like, like the Baptists, let's just say it, you know, potlucks. Hey, look, I go to a Baptist church, not by my choosing really god put me there but whatever you know when god tells you to go somewhere you go um but the potlucks at this church crack me up and i don't eat most of the crap that this brought because it's it's so first of all i got a very sensitive system so i have to be careful with what i eat but the but exactly what you're saying you know and and gluttony and really severely obese people nobody says anything about it you know and, it, and it's sad, right? Don't you think so? It's sad, huh? Well, we, we need to be kind. You know, right. we can't be rude to people. Right. But the best way to <clears throat> to teach is to teach by example. Right. You know, and uh, if, if you want people to see what the kingdom of God is like, then we need to live a Christ-like life as much as possible. And once again, we're not saved by our works and we shouldn't judge people by our works, but we should at least make an attempt to like what God likes and not like what he doesn't like. And if somebody says, well, I just don't know what God likes. Well, then that just lets me know they haven't read their Bible because God clearly tells us what he, what he likes and what he doesn't like. And here's something else too, Stacy. I'm sorry. What I'm, he li- I'm laughing. What he like- I'm laughing. <laughs> what he like- Huh? I'm laughing at that because <clears throat> because I like how direct you are. Because yeah, <laughs> what he liked five thousand years ago, he liked two thousand years ago, and he likes it now. What he didn't like two thousand years ago and five thousand years ago, he doesn't like it now. Now, granted, right now we are under the age of grace, and we have a lot of grace, and we're not judged by our lifestyle, but if if God took out Sodom and Gomorrah a few thousand years ago because he didn't like it, he may not take you out because he doesn't like it, but he still doesn't like it. Right. Hebrews 13, 8 says Jesus Christ. And Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the father because the father and I are one. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the Bible tells us what he likes. Find out what he likes and do it. You know, if you're in love with somebody, that's what you do. And if you want a marriage to work, you find out what your spouse likes and you do it. If you have a spouse that that likes the color green, then when you go to pick out your furniture, be gracious and let them pick out some green furniture. I know that's a stupid illustration. But the thing is, is if you love somebody, you're going to want what they want. Right. And if we truly love God, we, we need to start wanting what he wants and 
living the lifestyle that he wants us to live and live the lifestyle that Jesus paid the price so that we could live. And not care so much about what people think. People who worry about what people think, they live a life of stress mm -hmm. because they're constantly trying to please other people. And Stacy, let me give you a clue. You can't please other people. Nope. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. I've tried all of my life to please people. And I finally, after a few years, realized I need to please God. He's really the only one that counts. Let the chips fall where they may when it comes to people. Yep. Amen. I've got a book I'll send you today. It's called Breaking the Cycle of Offense. Yeah. And it's about how to deal with offended people. And that's one of the biggest, biggest problems that we have in the church is, is people coming to church and they're offended at friends. They're offended at their family. And sadly, a lot of people are offended at God because they can't figure out why God hasn't healed them and why God hasn't changed their spouse and why God has kept them poor. Once again, if they would grab the concept that God has already paid the price for these things, we need to learn how to receive them. Amen. All right. I know our time is almost up because Bareface is giving me the, like, hey, wind this up, single. So I, okay, so you have a lot, you have a lot of stuff. You got a gazillion, how many books have you written? Like a hundred or something? No, I'm working. I'm working on one now that's going to be coming out in September of next year uh, through Destiny Image, and it's called A Place Called Heaven, mm -hmm. and it's all about how we can how we can connect with heaven right now. But uh, published books, I think twelve. I think only twelve. Gosh, it seems like a lot more. Well, there's many books and some other things, but I think of published books about twelve. Yeah, you know, the other thing I want to talk to you about was the whole recent message you did about um, about Old Earth. <laughs> that was an awesome message. <laughs> I, I will just say, everybody, we don't have time to talk to Larry about it, but there is a YouTube video. You can go watch it. Yeah, so where can they find you? Tell them, tell them where they can get all your info. Well, uh, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, just look Larry Allison, O-L-L-I-S-O-N, on YouTube. And then we're also on Vimeo and do the same thing, just Larry Allison. And uh, so if you're uh, listening to the radio, look up spiritfm.org. And uh, there's just a few other places. Just go online, type in Larry Allison, and a bunch of stuff comes up. Go to Amazon. You can get all my books through Amazon. That's right. I'll link them in my Amazon store. Yeah, I will. Then you can shop through my store. <laughs> Yes, let's do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I am honored that you came on the show. It's been my pleasure to and be here. I have to tell you, too, you're one of the few guests that I met in person first and came on my show. Usually it's the other way around. Usually I meet them on video first and then meet them in person. So, Well, since you met me in person first, I'm amazed that you even had me on your show. <laughs> but uh, but I will say thank you, Stacy. You and your husband, you're the real deal. I I appreciate you so much, and, and I just speak God's blessings upon what you're doing. Uh, you reach thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, and uh, you speak the truth. Yep. Thank you.
Okay, now. Can you hear me now? I'm not hearing me good. Well, you turn the headphone volume. Oh, go. okay. Can I hear myself now? Oh, there I am. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, <clears throat> did you guys like that? That, uh, that, um, that interview? I have to tell you, that was a very good interview. And, um, <clears throat> it was not, there's actually a backstory to that interview, <clears throat> which, um, I have to tell you, in February, um, well, actually, it was last October, right? it was two years ago, actually, in October, when I was invited down to the Prophecy Watchers um, conference in Oklahoma. Larry was there, and I got to interview him in person, just kind of did a short interview with him, uh, and then... We aired that. It's somewhere in our archives. I don't know where, so don't ask me. <laughs> but hopefully you could find it. Um, but I was really taken by him then when I met him. And then it was, I think it was in February of this year, out of the blue, Larry calls me up. Now, this this is um, highly unusual. I don't typically get phone calls from people that I interview in person. Uh, unless I, I start developing and reaching out, inviting them on my show. Well, anyway, out of the blue, he called me up. And he called me up to encourage me um, and tell me that that people are seeing the show, that we're doing a great job. Um, and he just wanted to bless my, my efforts and let me know that I was being an encouragement to people and doing God's work, which really touched me. <clears throat> it really did. Um, <clears throat> because he owns a lot of radio stations. I think he said something like 20 radio stations, Spirit FM. You might check it out. Um, and, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, how come you're not on regular radio? Well, <laughs> because we don't have the money to get on regular radio. Plus, it's not every, it's not really something, honestly, I've ever really pursued. And anyway, long story short... A um, couple, it was about two weeks ago, I was, I had a meeting with somebody, Barb actually had written me an email, hi Barb, by the way, I see you down there, I don't know if you're still in there, but if you are, hi, I was wondering about you, how you're doing, um, anyway, long story short, Bob wrote, Barb wrote me an email, I had an in-person meeting with somebody, um, and they were trying to find out why I was doing Legal Shield. And why I'm not doing Bible News Radio full-time. And to make a long story short, through the email that Barb wrote me, and then this person that does not know Barb, they both said almost exactly the same thing to me this one day. And so then I was like, okay, so the Lord seems to be affirming through his word uh, prophecy that Bible News Radio is being used of God. And... And that he's going to open the door somehow for us to continue to do what we're doing and hopefully be able to make a living at it sometime one of these days. <laughs> Which I am a woman of that much faith in that part. But anyway, so all that to say, <laughs> later that day I called Barb up and told her what happened with this other woman. And when I was talking to Barb, she said, you know, you know, she said the phrase walking on water. Well, then that made me laugh because I had been thinking about Larry for a long time uh, since February 
And I told Barbara, I said, well, you know, this guy's the pastor of Walk on the Water Faith Church, and he's been on my mind, and, and I just haven't called him up because his phone call in February, you know, it bothered me. It was a blessing, but it bugged me. Um, <clears throat> and so long story short, I called Larry up a couple weeks ago. I guess it was like that day. So I called him up and they put me through and, um, and so then I was, so I started to cry and I was talking to Larry and I, I was just like, Larry, I don't understand. I said, you called me up in February to tell me what a blessing our show is and how God's using it, blah, 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 et cetera, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I just don't understand. And I, 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 I expressed my, my heart to him about my frustration financially with our show. And this is what Larry told me. He, this is exactly what he told me. He said, he said, I want you to know that this is not an uncommon thing for people in ministry to be dealing with. And he said, you know, it's not you. It is not you. You and what your husband are doing is great. You're blessed. You're called to do it. He said, what it is, is God's people are stubborn and they do not give where they should be giving. They, they're ignoring what God's telling them to do and, and all that. And anyway, and, and, and then anyway, we talked more. Um, and then he gave me a hundred dollar donation to our show, uh, which I can tell you, honestly, most of my guests never, e even the guests that I have on the show all the time, never donate to us. There's a handful, not even a handful. I think I can think of three people that have donated to our show that we have on regularly. And these guys make money. <laughs> So when Larry told me that, and then he backed up his, his word, the word that God was giving him with actually a donation to our show, I was really touched by that. And the fact that this guy doesn't have to come on our show, he doesn't even have to pay attention to me and Randall or you or anybody else. Um, it, it confirmed in me that what we're doing is right. And what I want you guys to know is that, um, I don't pick or do what I do lightly. You know, when I have a person on this show, it's very intentional because I get pitched gazillions of people constantly on this show. Okay, I've been doing this for 15 years. You know, I, I, I get pitched a lot. Of, I, got, I just got pitched somebody really, really famous not too long ago. I'm like, eh, delete. <laughs> I'm not even going to put in that I'm interested because... Because I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm interested in, in providing what God wants me to provide. Am I always perfect? Do I sometimes make mistakes? Yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a faith walk, as you all know. And, and, you know, I don't care about getting a big name at all. If I did, I wouldn't be on straight live streaming. I would, I would have gone the route of trying to buy myself and get airtime on all these Christian radio stations, which, which, you know, there are a lot out there and it's relatively cheap in some areas, but, but that's just never been my heart. My heart has always been to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to encourage people in God's word and to disciple and mentor. That's really been my heart. Um, and, I, and that's Randall's heart too. It's the same thing. 
so, you know, when I have somebody like him affirming us, I mean, the same thing with Prophecy Watchers. Why out of all the people out there have they invited us to come and cover their show? Yeah, and me, all of the top people in the world of prophecy. I mean, why? Think about that. Why have for 15 years have I been invited to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention and, and able to get in and set up media booth and, and have people begging for me to interview them? And you can ask Randall. They do. They literally come. The publicists are begging us to interview <laughs> their people because of our reputation and because of the fact that people walk away from interviews with us feeling blessed and, and fun. And, and and I actually recorded la the last time we did it. I, I recorded the, the reaction after everybody because I was like, I'm going to record this because nobody's going to believe it. And they're going to think we're making this up. So all that to say that, you know, I hope I hope that what we do um, blesses you. That's really my biggest hope. And I hope if anything, you know, it it stretches you in your faith. You open up God's word and you really, you know, begin to meditate on it, get it in your heart and then share it with somebody. I'm going to tell you something today. I went to a pickleball and um, I got to tell you this because this is funny and I'm going to be publishing my book next month, hopefully. Um, I went to pickleball this morning and... Um, at the end of it, I went up to uh, some a family, it's a Christian family, and I said, so, you know, I want to encourage you. First question I asked them was, and I'm asking you this too, what has God done in your life lately? You know, I mean, you know established believers, right? You should be able to answer that question <laughs> with something like God has, fill in the blank, you know, something he's done for you. Um and they said, well, nothing more out of the ordinary, you know, but we would like you to pray for our son who's going to go to, he's trying to get into medical school. And I said, oh, cool. And so I, I talked to them a little bit and I encouraged them and I'd like to encourage you to do this too. And that is to get a journal or somewhere and every single day write down 10 things you're grateful for. Not one. I know Grateful Chick does three. I'm telling you to do 10. And the reason why is because this is what I've been doing the last month or so. 10, 10 things a day that you are grateful for uh, because it's going to shift it's going to shift your mind thinking it's going to stretch you all right and you're going to you will see how ungrateful you really are <laughs> just so you know and that actually was spurred on uh, by my team my legal shield um, family that I'm I'm on the phone with every day um, but anyway so later after I got done talking to this family the mother of the family. I walked over to the son who was standing with the father and I said, so I hear you're, you're trying to get into medical school. You're a firstborn, right? And he's like, yeah, I am. And I said, that's pretty typical because doctors usually are the firstborn. Um, and I said, you know, your mom asked for me to pray for you. And, and he started to reach out his hand and say, oh, ma'am, thank you so much for praying for me. And, and I said, you know, no, let's do it right now. And I literally put my arm around this kid. I put my hand on his shoulder. <laughs> and I'm like, let's pray right now. This is right now in the pickleball court. I, and Tommy, I was thinking about you actually when I did it too. Because <laughs> of our conversation before. And so I'm praying for this kid and his dad is just standing there like, what is she doing? <laughs> uh and it was funny. I mean, it wasn't a long prayer either. It was just a really short, simple prayer. Afterwards, the kid was looking, he was like, 
thank you so much for doing that. And I said, you're welcome. Afterwards, I walked away when I left, left and I, I just laughed because I thought, these people are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> but you know what? If we're all Christians, like everybody keeps saying they're a Christian, well, then let's start acting like it, right? You know, this, I, I get fed up with fakers. I get fed up with liars. I get fed up with people who preach one thing and live a completely different message. It irritates me to no end, which is why I am at the place that I am in my life. I don't give a crap about status because if I did, I could tell you a whole lot of things. Um, I don't. You know, I, I care about, you know, you know, Larry was talking about the issue of healing and stuff. And you know what? Randall and I last night we were talking. We went out to dinner afterwards, which was really late, by the way. We went out really late at 1030. <laughs> the, probably the weirdest thing I've ever done in recent days with Randall. Um, but we were talking about, uh, well, I was talking about how just 10 years ago, if you knew me 10 years ago, compared to today, you would see two completely different people. And the, the reason why is because God has healed me, right? And I think, I think a lot of times, you know, we, when I think about faith healing, and I think about healing in general, I think about the whole physical aspect. And that's usually generally what we all think about, right? Because, oh, because that's what we see on the TV and, you know, and all that and, and all that, right? But we don't talk about the emotional healing and the, um, the, um, you know, the, the personality healing, you know, I mean, I was in therapy for many years. Um, I took the MMPI, which is probably the longest, uh, personality test out there that a person can take that actually shows disordered thinking and behavior on it. And I literally was on one part of that, that chart when I took that test and a decade later, when I took that test again, I was within normal ranges and my therapist is now a friend <laughs> because she saw the transformation through that process. So, so, you know, I just want to encourage you that, look, don't discount any healing that you've gone through. You know, I mean, there was a time when I was agoraphobic, I wouldn't even leave the house. And when I did, it was for church therapy. And when I went to school, it was for school. At one point, I wasn't even able to go to school. I did it online because I didn't want to leave my house. My therapist wrote, wrote the school a note and said, hey, can you put her in the disabled students? Because she's so, un, you know, she's so relatively unstable, you know. Um, so don't discount your healing and don't give the devil a foothold. You know, though, and I told my, um, you know, in, in, interest, so, so let me carry on here. So here's the other thing, too. <sighs> Getting out of your comfort zone is difficult because it requires you to get uncomfortable, right? I've lived in Tennessee now, what, almost seven years, and I have to say that, you know, it's taken me a while to, to get comfortable getting out of my comfort zone here. Um, but you know, what I was talking about, um, with Randall last night about, um, you know, how years ago I wouldn't have, I would have never gone out at 1030 at night for dinner with Randall. <laughs> I just wouldn't have, not on the whim. 
because I had so much anxiety and disordered thinking about who I was and just I was so freaking self-absorbed and self-obsessed and selfish that I didn't care, right? Because it was all about me, 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 me. And hopefully as you get older, you realize life isn't all about you, you, you. <laughs> it's about other people and the Lord, most importantly. Um, but anyway, so I was telling Randall, I said, yeah, you know, this week I drove all the way down there all by myself and in a completely unfamiliar area and I was fine. I didn't have a panic attack or nothing because those thoughts are gone by and large. Occasionally, you know, there's some, some res you know, residue, but the enemy tries to creep in. I'm like, eh, no, I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, God does heal differently. Um, and you know what I noticed? And I'm just talking now about myself just for this second. But you know what I noticed about that video with Larry? I noticed how much I was smiling in that video. And, I, and how my countenance was very peaceful and joyful. And I truly, genuinely feel that way. It's not an act. You know, I don't have a fake laugh anymore. I used to wear that fake smile for years. But what you see is genuine. It's not fake. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know why I shared that with you. But I just want you to know that God does heal and get in his word. And he did start to talk about his mom. And I did want to fill in that blank there. He actually talked about his mom, how his mom was in a car accident and she had broken her neck. Um... Oh, there it is. I was trying to find my shoe. <laughs> well, it's going to distract me. Um, anyway, at, at, after we were done, he told me that here he is. Um, <clears throat> here he is. Uh, she's in recovery, but she's in the hospital. And she actually has started a Bible study in her rehab center while she's recovering. And she also still works. And God's still using this woman, despite her broke neck. Her, I, I was trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what it was he said that she wanted to do. That the doctor said no, she can't do it yet. But it was, I think she wanted to drive again or something. He's like, no, not yet. But the woman started a Bible study. So just saying, if somebody with a broken neck in a facility where she's healing <laughs> can start a Bible study, you can go out and share the gospel with somebody or something else and not be a chicken. Okay, so Barb said, so firstborns are successful or at least motivated. What do babies do? They're the obnoxious prophets. Well, Randall actually is a baby. And um, I I am actually a firstborn middle child. So I have a lot of middle... I'm actually an adult. ...child characteristics. <laughs> but... Randall is the baby in his family. I'm, I'm the last. He is the last. In a series of four. But really, when you think about it, you really have took on the firstborn role, though, because you weren't really raised with Rick, your brother. No. So you were the only boy. No. So really, you kind of have the... You're like a only baby. I'm a firstborn middle child. <laughs> the only baby my parents but. ever had. No. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say. You can comment and let me let other people know what you want to know. But, Does uh, that make any sense to all you out there? Do you, you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay, the, I, you know, I, I love that exhortation you know, about, well, here's Larry's mother. At, what, she's 90, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, something. I, I mean, he's, you know, broken he's, I think neck he's close and to rehab, starting Bible study. 
Yeah. And I think of um, Titus chapter 2 that tells us, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live righteously, godly, <laughs> and soberly in this present age, uh, looking for the glorious hope and appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us to be his own, old King James's peculiar people. Right. Uh, zealous for good works. And so, you know, if you call it, like you said earlier, if you're calling yourself a Christian, live like it. We're not supposed to be um, camouflage Christians. Um, yeah, I'll pray for you. I'll go home. And, you know, when nobody's looking, I'll draw the curtains yeah, you, and you go in my closet. Look, you should have seen the look on their uh, face. I'll pray for you. Let's pray for you. It made me laugh. You know, <laughs> you know he... Gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own peculiar people, his own special people, zealous for good works. Um, and we're just excited about doing things like that. And all the while, looking, actively looking for his appearing. And so I think, I think that, thinking about the scripture, that proceeds looking for the glorious appearing, that predicates our being zealous for good works. If we're not looking for his glorious appearing, then we're probably not going to be that zealous for good works. And Well, see, yeah, and going back to actually the title of the show, talking about faith and hope, why do, okay, let me, um, this is a real question. How, why do so many Christians kill themselves these days? Because cause that's antithetical, that's to, to faith and hope, right? And I think, you know, obviously the enemy comes in and attacks, but I also think that it's because they're not firmly grounded and rooted in the faith. And a lot of people don't have accountability. And I can tell you honestly that if you have accountability, you will grow and you'll change. And those of you out there who don't take the time to be accountable to anybody and you think that you're going to get through your issue or struggle alone, you're, you're fooling yourself. You're not going to. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, codependency is huge. It's a big issue. And, you know, this year God's had to deal with me on that issue. And I've had to do some hard things to some people that I think they're still dealing with the ramifications of me going, you know what? Sorry. This isn't good for me, and I can't take care of you anymore. And even if you don't understand, whatever. That's your issue. I have to deal with my own <laughs> uh, and all that. So what are you confused about? Barb says she's confused. So I think something about the birth order. I don't know. Okay, so the birth order, like I'm a firstborn middle child, which means I am the first girl that was born in my family, but I'm the middle. So I have two, I have two brothers. I'm right between them. Randall is the baby, but his brother is older than him, but he wasn't raised with his brother, so that influence wasn't in his family, but he has two older sisters, um, so he's the youngest of the four. Um, but because he was the only boy in that family, he, he was essentially treated like a firstborn, but he was still the baby. So... And I don't know. was just the firstborn, period. I actually took on the role of the firstborn because my older brother moved out of the house. Um, you know. But, Bob, 
I was just yeah. kind of whatever. I don't know. I don't know how the firstborn is treated the role of firstborn. I would just kind of uh, go out, do your thing, and call us every once in a while, let us know you're not dead. It's kind of <laughs> I grew up. But, and so I, I don't know what that exactly means. exactly the opposite, where I didn't get to do anything. I lived in a prison, essentially, mm-hmm. until I got a job on my own. So, whatever. All right, so tomorrow night, Bareface, you know what you're talking about? No? Um, yes, maybe? No, just looking at it, um, there's a lot to be found here in Titus Chapter 2, but... I don't know if I'll go there or not, but okay, we'll see. Well, tomorrow night on Bible News Radio. Um, Tune in next time when Larry will. No. When Larry Allison won't be here, right? But what I will say, <laughs> uh, I was thinking. I forgot to say. Oh yeah, if you want to donate to our show, you can do that on our website. Uh, Ariel Ministries <laughs> also is still our sponsor, at least through the end of the year. Uh, if you 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 can go to uh, don't you can go to ariel.org I knew you could do it <laughs> nailed it yeah I was reading Barb's comment uh, ariel.org and save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News I hope you do use that coupon code while we still have it um, and of course if you want to become a legal shield member or buy identity theft protection I am still looking for help and customers this month, actually, you guys, I'll tell you the truth. This month, I have finally got to the place in this company where if I can just sell one more identity theft family plan and one Legal Shield membership this month, I will actually get a lot bigger bonus than I have been getting. It's actually $120 more. So if you want to sign up for some of that, let me know. <laughs> Do it before the end of the month. Uh, and that will help our, our show out, actually. But even more so, it will help you, too, because the product is awesome. And um, and what I've noticed, interesting thing, what I've noticed with Legal Shield and Ladies of Justice that I'm doing is that God has connected me to a ton of people, and they all need ministry. And interestingly, many of them are asking me to lead a local Bible study now. Hmm. Go figure. Which would have never happened, honestly. A couple years ago, it wouldn't have happened. So... So it's interesting to see even how, you know, initially when I signed up for, for Legal Shield to be a, you know, to, to be an associate and sell it, um, you know, I did it to raise money for our show, but really it's really a full-time ministry even outside what we're doing here. And yet I think God is using that f- for me to even get the word out about Bible News Radio even more. So, but yeah, we need help. So if you are already a, a customer, um, if you can refer us to somebody so that we can get those guys protected, family member, brother, sister, cousin, whatever, you know, identity theft right now at the end of the year is, is a big issue. Um, and because the holidays are here, I mean, they're here and the criminals, they don't take holidays off just so you know, they, in fact, they actually capitalize (laughs) in the truest sense of the word, uh, on the holidays. And I will give you a tip. Don't use gift cards to buy anything during the, ho- the holidays. I know a lot of people will say, oh, I'll just use the gift card. Don't do it. Because I t- we just had on the top Legal Shield lawyer uh, on our training call Monday night. And she was telling us 
to let people know not to use gift cards because some of the biggest scams out there right now concern gift cards. And if anything happens and you buy something with a gift card, you're not going to be able to get it back. Um, so just be careful when you're buying stuff. If you buy it online, buy it with a credit card because at least those credit cards, you can get it back with a gift card. You're, you're not going to be able to if, it gets, if your identity is compromised. Um, if you need a will, if you've just moved and you need to update your will, Legal Shield is great for you to have. It's the best thing to get because it's affordable. It's 25 bucks plus you get a whole bunch of other stuff with it and member perks, which by the way, if you shop online, you're going to want member perks because it will save you money. Okay. So if you're already a member, uh, a referral would be good. I'd love that. If you're not a member and you want to learn more, then just reach out to me and I will try to set you up as soon as I can. Uh, I really and pray that, you know, I can meet the goal this month because it would really benefit Randall and I. Lastly, if you um, need video production for anything, video editing, music, composition, uh, anything, or you know anybody who does, then what I would tell you is <clears throat> contact Randall because that's what he does. And, you know, we, we are trying to you know, catch up on finances and get out of debt. But especially right now, our biggest need is trying to pay the IRS because we get taxed through the nose here in Tennessee being self-employed. We get hit both sides, which is, which is a bummer. <laughs> well, it'd be the case in any state, except that we're actually yeah. privileged here and that there is no state income tax. Yeah, at least we don't get the state income tax, but we, we still got taxes to pay up to pay. So, uh, so everything I'm making is going basically to that and you know all that so anyway anything you can give to us we would really appreciate if you feel so led all right so that, with that said uh thanks for tuning in i know it's been a little bit longer than normal but i hope you enjoyed it and um remember be bold people be bold yeah stand up and go with god because he loves you